Welcome to episode 179 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hello. It is Monday night, January 23rd, 2017. And tonight we're going to discuss DC's price hike, bumping a lot of their books up from $2.99 to $3.99. And we're going to get into the newly released, as of earlier today, Star Wars Episode Eight title. But before we get into that stuff, we like to go to Ian Sharpley to keep some house. If you go to mixos.com, you can find the reviews of comic books that Paul McGinty reads. You can see the web comics that Paul and I draw, and you can check out links to the podcast that Matt, Paul, and myself all co-host together as one big happy podcast family. You can find us also on Facebook. If you go to Facebook slash McSauce, you can see all of the newest posts and happenings. Sometimes we put comic book news or movie or TV news on the Facebook page. You can talk to us there, too. Um, you can also see some other McSauce-related things on the Instagram. If you go to Instagram, type in McSauce. You can see previews of upcoming strips. You can see sort of process drawings that Paul and I have there um, of how we're coming along and, and the steps that we take to make the comic strip. And if you'd like to go travel back in time and hear some of the old, old classic episodes, go to mcsaucepodcast.libson.com. You can have access to the entire catalog of McSauce goodness there on the Libson page. All done. Pretty concise, buddy. That was concise. So why don't we get into DC's price hike? Uh, for a long time, DC, uh, they they held to the idea of holding the line at two ninety nine. I think they started doing that when the new fifty two came out. A lot of a lot of actually. Uh, let me no? correct you. It was before that. They actually were doing that before they launched the new fifty two. And it was so funny because when they when they did it, that was exactly their slogan, holding the line at two ninety nine. I was so proud of DC. It was like they were my my kid that had just won the big tournament. I don't know what tournament it is. We'll say karate. Ka- <laughs> I was just gonna say the comic book selling tournament. Well, like no, this is a karate tournament. I don't know if I, they didn't they didn't win it, but they were like they were like a really a really good runner up. To the karate winner, to holding the line at two ninety nine. Yeah, because Marvel's just like smashing in sales and right. just I feel kicking like they did doors it the down. Right way, like exactly they didn't cheat. DC you, was like the moral victory. Do you guys remember DC won the karate without sweeping the leg? True, pretty much. Do you remember when DC announced holding the line at two ninety nine, and then Marvel literally that day? put out some kind of press release saying, oh yeah, we're going to be two ninety nine as well. And then, you know, you wait a month for that price uh, change to take effect. And, and then Marvel was like, fuck you, we're Marvel. Just kidding. Yeah, right. Like, they never adhered to what they promised. They had such a knee-jerk reaction. And then obviously, like, somebody was at Marvel was like, ah, guys, we don't have to really do this. So their comics maintained the three ninety nine price point which finally, all these years later, whatever it is, four or five, it's like five years later, because mm-hmm. the new 52 
was in 2011, yep. right? That's when it started. So yeah. this would have been before that. Maybe even, shit, maybe even seven years ago. So Marvel's been selling comics now for three, for about seven years, six or seven years at three ninety nine. Finally, DC is starting to get... I mean, well, they've sold comics for three ninety nine before, but they kind of lowered everything when they did the rebirth thing, right? Yeah, they. It, well, no, yeah, they kind of, sort of, but not really. A lot of the, a lot of DC's uh, main titles were still at at two ninety nine. Right, okay, so let because me, let, a lot of the justification for Marvel for bumping it up was, well, you also get a free digital copy. That's true. That's true. Let but me, DC wasn't offering the digital copy; they were still offering. The print copy of two ninety nine. That's that's true. Let me accurately set the stage here. We had uh, DC Comics, and they were um, when they launched the new fifty two. Everything was two ninety nine. Everything, right? Was that everything launched at two ninety nine for new fifty two? Yeah, I think, yeah. All those initial. Then titles. shortly after it started, certain titles started getting bumped up to 399 like detective comics action comics those were 399 um i believe maybe even Su- i think all the superman batman titles went up to like 399 and then over probably the course- all their highest selling titles right yeah right well over the course of between 2011 and uh till the end of the new 52 which was last year in 2016 over those <clears throat> five years we had comics like certain titles slowly like hit that 399 price point. So I would say like by the time the new 52 ended, we were looking at maybe half of DC's lineup at about 399. Then they do the rebirthing, everything drops back down to 299. Here we are what 7 months in to rebirth and now we're looking at hiking the price up a dollar on their monthly titles, the titles that only come out once a month. So Paul, that would be titles like Green Arrow, Hellblazer, Suicide Squad, Suicide Titans, Squad. Uh, right. Superwoman, Supergirl. And and now what DC's going to do, Ian, just like they did in with Marvel, they're going to give you that digital copy. How do we feel about this? <clears throat> I'm okay with it because it doesn't affect any book that I currently get. Okay, let's say it did. <laughs> I'm still getting dinged twice a month. For two ninety nine books, because it seems like the majority of the solo titles—Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Flash, Green Lanterns—that stuff is all staying at two ninety nine. And those are the ones that come out two times a month. Yeah, those are the bi monthly books. I always get confused bi monthly. Okay, yes, this is turning into the McSauce Grammar podcast, but I need to clarify: bi monthly is that interchangeable with? It comes out twice a month, or it comes out every other month. No, it it every other month isn't that bi monthly. No, bi monthly. Every, every other, other month, month is bi monthly is every other month. Bi weekly is every other week. So, Paul, these books are actually bi weekly. Bi weekly. Okay, listeners, yeah. I just want you to understand because we don't want to use the wrong terminology here. We don't want to confuse anybody. Yeah, these books come out every other week. Bi weekly, right? Right. Um, the thing that I took away from this, the article that we were reading before about the, you know, DC providing a digital download, I was like, oh, well, that's great. You know, that's that's nice. And the next paragraph was a response from Marvel taking away their digital download, which or 
more more precisely, taking away the digital download to the comic that you purchased and giving you the old bait and switch, giving you I think a download code for two, two download codes for two other book, two other separate books. What is it like random titles? It's I, like I, a, like a scratch off card to see what what title you get. How is this going to work? Yeah, is it a mystery box? Like get the fuck out of here. Um, I'm sure it works like this. Whatever title they want to pump, that's what they're going to give right, you. Right. Whatever's not selling, right? So, like, or not even whatever's not selling. Whatever they want to be popular, be it Miss Marvel or the new Junior, all new, brand new X Men Avengers. Right. It's you know? going to be fucking Gwenpool number, you know, seventeen. To, oh, to boost up like uh, the well, our digital sales were through the roof. Well, that's because you gave it away with every single book right. that you sold. Now, listen, Paul, I got to tell you something. I was at the comic book store this past Wednesday, Gasp. and as you know, new comic books come out every Wednesday, and that's, I was I was yes. there for said event. I'm there, and I'm looking at the Marvel rack to see if there's any interesting Marvel titles I'd like to real check quick, out. Yeah, quick time. Um, your comic store does Marvel DC racks? They do. Yeah. Well, okay. So I go to a couple different comic book stores. Because you're a comic book store floozy. You like to, <laughs> you like to comic around, if you will. Uh, yes. I, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> so there I was, floozying it up. At- there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with polycomicry. <laughs> <laughs> more more people are becoming accepting of this way of life. That's true. To have multiple comic shop partners. Isn't there a show on TLC called Sister Comics? <laughs> I think yeah, like there HBO did one. It was Big Love was you know, it was like it's called Big, Big Comics. Comics. <laughs> Where you know what? Like every other like <laughs> you go to one shop is it one week you go to one shop, and then the next week you you just go along to another shop. But the first shop you knows to your you're other, going to the other shop. But the first, but the second shop, like the first shop, has to be cool with it because they were the original shop and they have the most history with you, and they know you'll come back. They know you love them just as much. It's a it's a different love. Yeah, they don't get jealous. Well, these different shops have to adore Matt Cassell enough that they're willing to commit to that lifestyle, the polycomicry. Well, they know that I'll always come back. Like, I won't. Because you are loyal. Because you are poly- just, polyamorous towards a, these comic a, book shops. It's just a lifestyle choice for Matt. Right. Like, you and I, I, Ian, I mean, we are traditional. I'm, I'm in a monogamous or macominous <laughs> relationship with the Phantom of the Attic. Right. But so am I. So does that mean Phantom is in a polycomic relationship with us? Are we sister comics? Are you the Phantom's comic mistress? I don't think so. Now, Paul, I came first. Does that mean that you right? But <clears throat> the but that means mul- multiple wives. The Phantom can have multiple wives. So me, you, and Dom this is are a complicated all, relationship. It really is. We're now, all, Paul, are we in a comic book three way when we go to the shop <laughs> on Wednesday? <laughs> That's not how those work. You had a comic book store divorce. Uh, not that. Not terribly long ago, right? Yeah, you yeah. were seeing a different comic book time store. comic book divorce. A uh, am, am I? Are you? I feel like you are. Are we? What? Do you count Ides? Um. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. yeah let's let's I, go I through so. your your comic book marriages. 
<laughs> I, you know what? Can I before you even start? I can assure you, I've had the most. Really? Yeah, man. I yeah. am. I'm like a true, true blue loyal comic book husband, if you will. You really are. Like I've been going to the same shop, the Phantom of the Attic, since I was. 11, 12 years old, so... Now, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, Ian, but I've dabbled in your comic book shop before. You fucked my comic book wife? (laughs) Yeah, I have. I've been there. I... I, How was it? Did you get back issues? I thumbed through a few periodicals there. filthy. Yeah, I went went through her back issues, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm on my third. Did you touch her collectibles? I did. How dare you? All right, let's let's see, go through comic book. Marriage. See th- this this jealousy that you're displaying, Ian, is what is, <laughs> we need to we need to graduate beyond this. I need and to be get ex- over. and be accepting of the polycomicorous relationship. <laughs> let's go through. We'll go through both of your comic book uh, marriages. We'll start with you, Paul. Well, I'm only on marriage number three. You can count on Ides. I feel like you're wrong. Let's go. Your first comic book wife was Ides. Ides, my starter starter marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You got married got right, right of, after high school. Learned a lot. Got a, a lot of awkwardness out of the way. Right, right. A lot of bitterness out of the way. Uh, graduated to New Dimension Comics. Wasn't there, but there, maybe this is, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is like one of your comic book side pieces, but wasn't there a comic <laughs> shop that was in Castle Shannon? Like, oh, oh here it goes. <laughs> was that just like extra, you know, comic book uh, dabbling where you were just out there, like just, uh, just well, texting what, the shop hap- late at happened? night? Who dis? <laughs> you up? What, what? <laughs> What happened was, I was I was a loyal New Dimension customer, and they had a complete upheaval of management and uh, uh, you know employees. And one of the employees opened his own comic shop, Time Tunnel Two. So, yeah, I left. We New Dimension and I had a separation. Oh, I would not call it a divorce. We had a separation. Where right, right. I was seeing Time Tunnel Two, right? You for still a few had months. visitation rights, right? At uh, New Dimension, I did, I did. Uh, it was it was a mutual separation. We were on good terms. Um, eventually, it didn't work out uh, with Time Tunnel Two, and I was a you know New Dimension, and I reconciled. And to this day, New Dimension and I still have a fantastic relationship yeah I mean, right, when you guys you, are still friends yeah like when you see new Absolutely. dimension like you hug Absolutely. and i feel like we can hang in the same circles it's not awkward to be in you know it's not awkward if i see chip from new dimension and tom from phantom at the same place <laughs> tom your new your new comic book wife but yeah I, i'm i am currently uh currently involved uh monocomically with phantom of the attic ian's Ian's Paramore, comic Paramore. My, my one and only. My mm. true blue, my high school sweetie. That, just, that's more like your middle school sweetheart, isn't yeah, it? Uh, or technically, boy, it might be your elementary school It was like, um, not, yeah, it was like um, fifth, grade. fifth, sixth grade sweetheart. Yep, that's yep. when I first started getting comic books. Uh, summer in between fifth and sixth grade. Yeah, you know, Phantom I was the Manic. There. I was there. Fa- Phantom made me a man. Matt, um, 
Let's let's go through your your deep dark history. Uh, well, it's a little bit more extensive than Paul's. I guess I'm just a little more experienced. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that dirty comic book dick. Ew. Um, uh, comic book condoms are just like flipping pages. So I would say I love, that I, I love this. I, lo- I absolutely love this. I would say that I started uh, dating um, my comic book store. Uh, a small comic book store called Collector's World, the now defunct Collector's World. As, as a matter of fact, you're going to hear a lot of the places on my list that are now, let's just say they're deceased. So, I mean, like, what am I supposed to do? I have to move on. I can't, you know, I can't just grieve for the rest of my life. What is that whenever, oh, is it a Black Widow whenever they just kill their husbands is that what over Matt's, and over Matt, is again? Is that what Matt's yeah. doing? He's killing comic stores? <laughs> am I, am I the, the uh, Scott Widow? Peterson of, uh, <laughs> of comic book store goers? <laughs> so, uh, all right. So you killed your first comic book I shop. Killed you killed my Collector's first World. comic book shop, Collector's World. I went there for uh, a, a short while as I, as I kind of ventured into the world of comic books. Um, now you have to understand. I also bought my comic books at you know off the newsstand. That was really where I started, but that was like you know that wasn't even a girlfriend. That the was newsstand just, is like getting blown in an alleyway. Exactly. It, is it even that, no, or is it just like at that point? It could so be a early handy in, in your the alleyway. career. Is it not even that? Is it just like second base? Is it like movie? Movie yeah. theater makeouts, yeah, like, yeah, is it any, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't right. even think it's anything real. Yeah, it's it's grabbing it's grabbing some boobs at a movie. Because I too, at a tender age, got Transformers comics off like a drugstore rack. Right, I felt so, some titties. So, uh, yeah, my second base then would have been uh, the bookshelf. In Duncan Manor, uh, that was where I bought the infamous. Spider-Man that was the name of the twelve. The bookshelf. That was the name of the bookstore. It was a a little. Uh, I like that name. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was this little hole in the wall bookstore. They in the front they sold new uh, books, and in the back they sold um, used books. And back behind the beaded curtain. No, no, no. Is that was no those curtain. Books it was were? it was a long like just narrow store, um, and uh, I remember they had a. a a spinner rack with a few comic books on it about at the midway point. So the bookshelf the, was a bookstore. It was a bookstore. You know what I said? I thought it was a, a comic shop called the bookshelf. No, it was, it was a, it I was think a bookstore really cool. that sold some comics and they were on a spinner rack. So I remember being there and I used to like to read period, whether it was a novel or um, a uh, comic book. And I knew I liked Spider-Man. And I liked Wolverine. They were both in this Spider-Man number 12. And you know what I did? I didn't have the $1.75 on me because I was probably there killing time as my mom like shopped in the grocery store in the same strip mall. And uh, and I knew I wanted that comic and I knew I could come back. I knew I could get $1.75 out of the cushions of the couch. <laughs> so I took it and I hid it under this uh, dictionary, this big fucking dictionary that was like on this podium and I put it like under the the front cover. It was like a dictionary that was open yeah. and I put it like under the the cover of it. And sure enough when I went back it was there and I bought it. Do um, you remember if it was also on the spinner rack still or how long was it between um, it, it your... wasn't it wasn't that long. I don't remember if it was still on the spinner rack or not. Yeah. I want to say that it was still on the spinner rack because if it wasn't I probably would have also bought 
Spider-Man number 13 at the time, but I didn't. I only got that one issue, and, and I think I had to wait for 13 to come out. But anyway, Bookshelf, that was my feel-up in the movie theater. Then it went on to the backstreet alley blowjob from the collector's world that you know died, obviously, of some kind of... Uh, Venereal disease <laughs> or a, a poison. Or CDS. Comics... Wait, TS. Co- Comics transmitted disease. disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CTS. Okay, so or uh, poison, which is the preferred kill for ladies for a for a black <laughs> for a widow. black widow like Matt. So uh, from there, it went to a, another small uh, comic book store called Cosmic Collectibles, or as Matt like, called them, Prey. <laughs> Again, nothing serious. This was we were just having some fun. We were having our dalliances in the night, and, uh, and until someone. Got too serious. What right. Were they, what were they called? Comics what? Uh, Cosmic Collectibles. Cosmic and, Collectibles. And guess what happened to Cosmic Collectibles? Poison. Right. So from there, uh, <laughs> I took my wares down to the flea market because there was a guy that this sold- This is when you were really down on your luck. Listen to fucking Matt the Ripper over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down to the flea market where- Anything goes at the flea market, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Why do why you think you went there? Well, it was either for that or... murder someone in broad daylight at the flea market. You could go to the flea market for one of three things. You could go there for, well, junk, weapons, or porn. <laughs> or prey. Or prey. <laughs> so, like, 12, 13-year-old Matt goes down to the flea market. Every Sunday, I would go down. I had a pull list. And see, uh, that's what his jumps- fake pool list, which masked the arsenic in his pocket. <laughs> this is what jumps out to me is that you actually had a pool list with the people that were working. The It was a guy that that was basically trying to get off the ground. Now, this was a pretty legit flea market. Yeah. Like this wasn't just people showing up with their, you know, cars filled with shit in their trunk and they were selling like these were actual like people that had distributors for certain things. And this particular guy had. Uh, he had an account with Diamond Comics and um, he was trying to essentially get a customer base going and see if he could do it and then he was going to take it into an actual brick and mortar store which is eventually what he ended up doing. So he left me. He ended up leaving me and and I was left to... The soup tastes funny. (laughs) Right. And I was left to go find a new... A new, uh, a new victim, if you will. So what did I do? I went to Bill and Walt's Hobby Shop, the store that I ended up working at. Yes, this had become serious. This, this has to be Matt's first comic book marriage. This was marriage number one. Um, and, um, and eventually... Uh, marriage this is number- like watching So I Married a Comic Murderer. <laughs> so eventually... Marriage number one comes to an unfortunate end. The store goes out of business. I quit buying my comics there, obviously. And um, then I went to a friend of mine's comic book store um, called Duncan Comics. Now I buy my comic books there. Now, mind you, I had already been to Duncan Comics many times and bought comics from there, but it was never my main retailer. Now it was. So, so Matt um, was always dabbling in polycomics. Oh my God. I could not stay faithful to save my life. Or to save your life, comic book stores. Um, he saw a shiny 
you know, foil stamp cover, and that just that just did it for him, man. I, I admit, I am weak. Is that a die cut? There's nothing that, that it arouses me like a poly bag, let me tell you. Just that aroma. So... Uh, uh, so eventually, eventually, the prefix of the night, folks. Eventually, one of the one of the uh, employees, my coworkers at the hobby shop, who was also a very good friend of mine, he goes and he opens Arkham Gift Shop. At that point, I switch comic book stores from my friend Tom's place to my friend Jeff's place. Arkham Gift Shop. That's where I buy my comics. But now it's about a fifty fifty split where I buy my comics at both places. So yes, I'm absolutely in a poly comic rock. What's the word, Paul? Polycomicry. Polycomicry relationship or lifestyle. lifestyle. Um, and it's a choice. It's a choice for me. And it works for me. You know, I don't know. It might not work for you. You know what? I just go with what God would want, and he would want a man and a com- one man and one comic shop forever. You know, you meet your comic shop when, uh, when you're young. Ian, Ian, it's 2017, And, and you grow old with it's that said comic shop. People, like, I'm sorry, this isn't the dark ages what anymore. What are people gonna, they're gonna just start going and marrying, uh, uh, you, uh Hey, Ian, may, may pet I? Pet stores. May, you know, I, you're gonna get married to an, uh, an aquarium? Is it, is it cheating if you, if you get digital comics, though? I mean, That's what know. I was gonna say. Well, let's not even, let's not even bust open the one man and comicsology problem. <laughs> I have a like how much I have a healthy have you, digital comics problem. How much money yeah, have you, you really spent do. online? You're, so like you're claiming you're claiming this faithful marriage. To Am I the a comics Phantom, hypocrite? But you don't even fucking go there. I do. Like the bulk <laughs> of your fucking just, comics are on fucking digital. So I, it's not even like it's not even like Matt. Like you know, Phantom or not Phantom. Uh, I do go. Uh, I just don't always go when yeah, you're yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Arkham Gift Shop and Duncan, they know what Matt's doing. They're fully aware. You know, they are in a polycomicorous relationship right, right. with Matt Cassell. Phantom doesn't even know that you are sticking your shit and shit on the side. I've- you are just plowing strange every time you log on to that fucking iPad. And Phantom is none the wiser. You know what? I tell them. I say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. You, you do not. You- you, you do not. You should like you're it. trying to save face. You're you're trying to put spin on it. You're trying to save face. You like making Phantom a cuckold. <laughs> Comic I've cold. seen you take your iPad into Phantom and go, watch me buy this issue. And you're gonna stand there in the corner and like, oh, that download speed is so quick. <laughs> I've seen you read. You comics got it in, t- in front of Tom from the Phantom. You got an entire graphic novel just like that and paid half price. It's it's dis- I'm so- it's disgusting. Yeah. Well, I I do go to the fan. Sometimes I don't go whenever you're there, though. I don't know. I feel like uh, I, I don't think you're ever there. Uh, I was. I say, to- Tom, how's he in? He goes, Who? No, you don't. You don't ask how I am. You fucking see me every week. Why would you ask him? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there was a point to this story. Who knows what that? Point I was. went to the comic book <laughs> store and I went to the Marvel. Rack. Right. Oh, right. Jesus Christ. That's how we started this. And, and I picked up uh, the Champions issue, issue number four, because I had bought the first one because Humberto Ramos was on the artwork. Big Humberto Ramos fan. But I am not a fan of the... Um, <clears throat> I also got number one. Anything else that has to do with that comic book. And um, Who's in Champions? I don't know. Uh, the Champions team? Yes. It is... 
Sam Alexander Nova, Kamala so Khan, not really Nova. Ms. Marvel, not really. Amadeus Cho Hulk, not really Hulk, The Vision's daughter, not really Vision, uh, Cyclops from the path from not the really Cyclops. Cyclops, and Miles Morales, and not really Spider Man. So, oh, I see. So it's a it's a team of imposters, and um, I think of the stunt doubles from Spaceballs when I look at Marvel comics anymore. But uh, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, ugh, you know, all these stupid characters. But nice artwork, Roberto Ramos. Guy draws his written his by ass Mark off. Wade, who has you know comic book pedigree. Right. Uh, then I I yeah I spoiled it. I went right to the last page. Guess who's on the last page? I don't know. Some it oh, well. Let, to follow wait, the wait, theme, wait, it would wait, be somebody wait, that's wait, not real, wait, right? Wait, 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 okay. wait, 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 wait. Let me speak. It, you let me give you a hint. Let, I want to stop you. I'm going to give you a hint. The thing that I saw on the last page... Of Champions number one. The thing that was on the last page forced me to close the book of, and put it back on I the know, Champions, I know, I know, I know, of Champions I know. number one? No, number four. Oh. Ian knows. <clears throat> Is it Riri Williams? No. Ah, fuck! Oh, I didn't get it past... Worse. Worse. I didn't get it past number two. Number two was such an affront to my comic sensibilities that I I, I couldn't I couldn't get it anymore. Who was uh, on the other who, who is it? I can't that was my guess. Worson Riri, Riri Williams? No, nobody? Okay. No. Uh, Gwenpool? Yes. Fuck Not even Spider Gwen. Gwenpool. Uh, Gwenpool. Gwenpool. <clears throat> I was like, you have got to be fucking shitting what me. What alternate reality are we living in that right. there are people that I, are Ian, attracted to these characters. Ian, I wanna I, I was going through the list I'm sorry, Paul. We'll double back to you. I'm sorry, right. but we were. Go I was going through the list at the comic book shop when I saw that, and I was like, "What in the hell is going on with Marvel Comics?" Truly, every major character at Marvel Comics isn't really the character anymore. Like everyone, name like an A-lister at Marvel. Um, A-list, not artist, but A-list character, hero. right? Um, uh, <laughs> well, we we blew through so many right there, Daredevil. Okay, that is Matt Murdock, but Ghost Rider. It's mm. not. It's not. But but Ghost Rider's had. A, I'll give him. A, yeah, he's changed over the years. Luke Cage. Uh, am, Luke Cage is mm, Luke Cage. B list. B list. Am I? Yeah, oh, you're. Okay. Yeah, he's. That's not B list. A list, the -list, -list. is Wolverine. You know a -list. Wolverine, not Wolverine. Old man Wolverine. Right. Wolverine's a girl. Twenty three. Right. Uh, Thor. Right. But old man. No, Thor's Jane Foster. Right. My point is, none of these characters are themselves. Spider-Man, Captain America, the Hulk, um, Iron Man. The list goes on, and, and and that's just like off the top of my head. In the other in the other big guns, you would say like Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Storm. Well, they just they're stopped. Not, they're been, not. They're not even available. Yeah, they've been legislated out of the Marvel right. universe. It's it's just unfathomable to me that this is what Marvel Comics has begun. This is without a doubt the darkest era of Marvel Comics since since Spider-Man number 12, Ian. Well, so that's that pretty bright. So I want to I want to wrap up the 399 299 business. Oh, but, is that what we were talking about? Yeah. But I I really wanted to like Champions. I like Umberto Ramos. I like Jeff or not Jeff Loeb. I like uh, Mark Wade. You don't like Jeff Loeb? I love Jeff Loeb. Okay. Uh, I like Mark Wade, um, but issue number two of Champions was such Mark Wade blatantly pushing his political agenda that it wasn't it, like it was so 
off base. Like there are ways to write those stories that are veiled enough that you know you get it, but it's about the Marvel characters. It's mm-hmm. about Marvel superheroes. But this was, you know, Mark Wade needs to make a statement about women and about women in certain cultures and like how women need to be and blah blah. Not how women need to be because that sounds misogynist. This was pure. Mark Wade, you know, the feminist pushing feminist agenda and blah, blah, blah. And while I understand that globally a lot of that stuff needs to change, it doesn't need to change in a comic book about teenage heroes. Like, I just wanted a fun comic book, and that's what I expected this book to be. It was going to be a fun teen book. It was going to be like Young Avengers. It would be like Teen Titans that's what I expected from this. I was willing to give all the fake heroes a pass because I thought it was going to be a a fun team book about the about how how these different personalities, how all these young heroes come together and work together. And second book out of the gate, it was not about them at all. It was about Mark Wade and how he thinks women need to be portrayed in the Middle East. And I'm out. I'm out. I don't need I don't need that bullshit in my comic books. I get it. Important issues in real life. Comic books, just write me a good fucking comic book. So Champions. Done. Uh two ninety nine, DC bumping everything up. All the books I get are still two ninety nine, so It I'm, doesn't I'm affect fine. you. You're cool. Uh with it. Trinity's gonna go up to three ninety nine. I'll deal with it. Ian, I'm happy with the the price increase with with the added bonus of the digital comics. Like you, I like digital comics. I prefer reading them that way, especially like in bed at night. Um, oh, always in bed, always at night. Well, yeah, we 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 learned about your digital proclivities. Poor Phantom. It doesn't even know, right? Phantom cries itself to sleep every night, wondering where Ian's at. He loves me so much. He will always be there for me. I'm just flipping pages, flipping digital pages. Working late. Now, some of the... On that uh, pussy. Some of the other stuff, though. uh, The books that are remaining at $2.99, the main characters in the DC superhero universe, right? Like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern... That shit's all staying at two ninety nine, but we're still not going to be granted uh, a digital version, right? Correct. I would see again. I would DC go to three ninety nine, but just put a digital code and everything, and I'll be fine. I would like that more as well. I would take that hit on the books, uh, the main titles that yeah I, that I buy that would affect me, and it would also help. Maybe you too, Ian, but it'll definitely help me uh, essentially weed out what, you know, maybe a few things that like I'm kind of on the fence over and then I could, you know, more happily pay the three ninety nine for certain books that I feel more confident about getting. Um, and I then- was always okay with Marvel whenever they did that. I felt like that was a, even though I was paying for it, I felt like it was a service to me and that it was like sort of. Making me, and it was exactly what I feel like Marvel wanted me to do was go to my iPad or go to whatever device I was using, put the code in. And while I'm in there putting the code in and reading it, it's sort of a natural progression where you're like, oh, well, what else is on here while I'm here? What else is there? Oh, I like that book. Right. Oh, I forgot to get that whenever that, I was down that's there. That's probably happened millions of times. Right. That, that happens to you, right? 
Well, yeah, it has happened. Yeah. It's so easy to like you read something and you're like, I want to read the next one. Okay, purchase, you know, dollar ninety nine, whatever it is. So, um, as we were reading this story about the two ninety nine, I think we all kind of found out because I didn't know this previous. Marvel's going to now stop giving you the digital version of the comic book that you buy, the actual physical copy, which is really weird because they'd been doing that for, like we talked about, what, like seven years now? Yeah, it's it's been a very long time. I feel like since, I don't know when Comixology became a thing. I don't know whenever, ever since I've had a digital device, ever since I've had an iPad, it, Comixology has right. ex- has it, existed. It existed uh, before the New Fifty Two, but DC's commitment to digital comics when the New Fifty Two started by having them available day and date mm-hmm. was kind of the impetus for Marvel to kind of get react, in, react, and fight and, back. right, and get involved. Uh, so it probably started being really kind of prevalent in um 2011 right with the new 52 yeah i mean it's it's a sad thing but also it it reflects a mirror on my comic buying because i had to read it in an article in preparation for something that we're going to talk about it didn't affect me in my my personal life because i haven't been buying marvel comics because they're not writing comic books for me anymore it's there. The, I don't remember the last Marvel comic book that I actually picked up because there's nothing that I like, so I wouldn't notice that I'm missing out on digital codes. So, I mean, I think that the, it it really says more about the state of Marvel comics to me than anything. Like, wow, that's shocking that this happened a few weeks ago, and I didn't even notice because I don't care. I don't read those books it you know it it sucks that we're not reading marvel because i really do love those characters as we've talked about time and time again but <laughs> i mean they, they have completely shut me out mm-hmm. and you too and and even paul um i i just it's unbelievable what they've done what they mm-hmm. have done because um i mean maybe i'm wrong but you know there was something about the the characters at marvel like Peter Parker and and Tony Stark and Steve Rogers that were bigger than the, you know, the costume really. And, um, I I just don't think that these imposters are going to have the same staying power. And I also don't think that the, the readers that they're trying to appeal to are the kinds of readers that are going to necessarily be in it for the long haul. They had something very special with their old characters that, you know, had generations of readers um, connect with and stay with for decades. And now that's like going away. It doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, to me, it kind of speaks to if I, if we could make a like quick sports analogy, um, it, it, the, like the team and the system is bigger than the players. But I don't think that in comic books, I feel like these players are larger than Marvel as a whole. I I think that these players are what make Marvel great, not vice versa. And I think they're take Marvel the comic side is taking their cues from Marvel Studios the film side where I think the inverse is true where you slap Marvel Studios on Ant-Man and you can still make a million, you know, you can still 
make your budget up. You can still have a profitable movie. You can put Marvel Studios on Doctor Strange, where people were kind of lukewarm about. Right. You can still make a profitable movie. Right. I don't think that translates to comic books. It has to be the characters with the built-in history that we all have fallen in love with. Agreed. Uh, quick anecdote before we get into Star Wars talk. Uh, I was talking with Paul last week, actually, off air. And uh, and we were looking at uh, the new Superman costume that looks like it's going to be making its return with like the, uh, the big so red So close. So close. So, right. It's and- like the Winnipeg Jets jerseys. So close to being a classic hockey jersey, but they still can't help themselves right, and but, find a way to fuck it up. But but I complained about it. I was like, oh, why didn't I miss the red trunks? Like aesthetically speaking, the red trunks make sense. It's a blue, then the red, then the blue and red, and it it creates a better visual. Is it stupid? Yeah, it's stupid. The guy wears underwear on the outside of his clothes, but you know what? He flies too, so I can accept that. So just from a design standpoint, I was like, man, I really wish he had the red trunks. And then Paul made the probably the best point he has ever made in his life. Oh, I'm excited. And he, and he goes, he goes, you know what? Just be glad that it's not Miles Kent. And I was like, <laughs> touche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know DC's really made, and I don't know if it has anything to do with. Marvel, uh, you know, changing the face of who all their all their A list heroes are, but DC's really in the new Fifty Two uh, really made a point to stick with the original characters. And yeah, you mean Rebirth? The, rebirth, yeah. What did I say? New Fifty Two. I meant Rebirth. And yeah, they're all white. They're all white males except for you know Wonder Woman, but. Um, you know, they're not... And shun- Cyborg. Let's not forget Cyborg. Well, he's not an A-list character either. Not yet, but that movie's coming out in nope, November. Nope, nope, no, still no. But they're not shying away from, yeah, all of our original heroes are white, but we are, we are honoring the legacy of DC Comics. And in that, yeah, Aquaman, Superman, Batman, they're all still... Arthur Curry, Clark Kent, and Bruce Wayne, but at the same time, Cyborg is still Victor Stone. Um, you know, Batgirl's Barbara Gordon. You know, there's still a lot of other characters out there that are the original characters. I have to say, though, no matter what race or gender they are, like they're not just you know catering to what the current zeitgeist is and changing shit for change's sake. You know, if if Joker's been white all this time. Sorry. He's a white guy. He's a very, very white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one quick point I wanted to make uh, was that DC's honoring their their legacy with these characters, except Batgirl, right? When they miraculously in the New 52 brought her back. Oh, no, you can walk again because we like your red flowing hair when you wear the cowl. Like, there's no logical explanation for taking a paraplegic and suddenly she can walk again. She became one of, truly, one of the most interesting characters in the DCU and she became the Oracle. Uh, it was we don't, an organic we don't need a, way for them to write in a handicapped character into their universe. Right. And and I think that when they undid that, it it was such a, just a... There was no real explanation given. If you remember reading that first Batgirl comic, she was like, 
kind of talking about how I can do this again, but there was no explanation as to why she could do it again. And I feel like it was kind of a little bit of a slap in the face to maybe readers that are paralyzed, that kind of latched onto that character as kind of the their character, the one that they really identified with. Well, um, like, re- I mean, regardless of the actual disability, she was just, she just became a character with more depth, a more interesting character. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't matter that she couldn't walk. We, you were on this story with that character. You were, you follow this journey of hers and that's where it was. Well, and it, and it I'd made argue it, that it still did matter that it, she didn't it did matter. walk. It, I mean, that's part of... But it was handled in a natural way that incorporated elements of a story instead of just a... I feel like what Marvel does is all gimmickry and reactionary stuff to right. social media. It wasn't... The story wasn't Barbara's paraplegic. It was... Barbara's so smart, she's adapted herself from... Batgirl to Oracle. Yeah, Barbara took this thing that happened it was, to her. Right. It was still about Barbara the person, herself. not the disability. Right. And not only and that, but Riri Williams is about it's a black girl. It's not. Oh, this girl is really yeah. good at tech. Same thing with Artemis Cho. Right. Right. And you know, same thing with Keenan Kong, the the Chinese Superman. Like it's not. Oh, this kid got like weird Superman powers. It's this Chinese kid got Superman powers. All right. Well, that sounds like we're about to go down a totally different road here. So why don't we just backtrack a little bit and take the other road, which is the Star Wars Episode Eight title. Paul, you hinted at it before. I did. Early in the show, but you didn't reveal what the actual title is. Now, I'm sure that our listeners still haven't heard what the title is, so... Ian, drum roll. Um, I guarantee that's not picking up. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it is. Do it with your mouth. Uh, We'll do it with... And Paul, the title of the new Star Wars is... Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. What in the world does that mean? The Last Starfighter? What? What? I like it. I'm Ian, I'm glad that you mentioned the last the starfighter. The first thing that jumped because into my head the last when I saw starfighter it. is a classic 80s movie, and I like the last Jedi because it harkens back to an old school movie title, which happens to be a movie that's trying desperately to rip off from Star Wars. Right, right, yeah. Um, so the last Jedi could mean a handful of things. Ian, let's go through those things. Paul, what could they mean? <laughs> uh, it could, well, on the surface, it could mean that Rey is literally the last Jedi. At some point in Episode Eight, Rey is the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. That's one. Mm-hmm. Matt, what else could it mean? I well, don't know. Why don't we go to back to you, Paul? You said it could mean a bunch of things. Do you have... A few of them. It could also mean that, you know, at the end of episode seven, we find Luke Skywalker and Rey finds the last Jedi and Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that that seems like it could be a strong contender because if you remember in the opening crawl for episode seven, a.k.a. The Force Awakens, um, the I believe it actually says Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi. 
I'm pretty sure it says that. Why don't that. you look it up? We've got the technology. Okay, I will. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll look it up. And what else could it mean? Well, Jedi, as we all know, is also the plural form of that word. So it could be referring to Luke and Ray at the same time. Right. So, um, or anyone else. Lethal, weapon, or, yeah, in, lethal sure. weapon in space. Ray and, yeah. Ray and Luke. Do we feel like we're going to have a lethal weapon kind yeah, of the way Yeah, the way he looked, yes. You, <laughs> you think that he's uh Rig he's Skywalker. Be, yeah, uh, Murtov. <laughs> yeah, Martin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, Ray Murtov. A, a, a buddy comedy in space. No, wait, wait, wait. So, but the thi- Luke looks more like Riggs, but yet he's playing the older, you know... The yeah, older one yeah. of the group. So is he? Ray looks more like Murtaugh. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, like that. That's the takeaway that I had. Was it probably is playing on a double meaning that it is including both of those characters, and it probably it it probably is going to, and also you know Luke's you know who knows is Luke gonna die? Are we gonna kill Luke? Probably. He's probably done. I, we're going to kill Luke, and we're going to have The Last Jedi be Rey. Yeah, I ex- I, ex- I expect the title to have multiple meanings. I also expect Luke Skywalker to die in this movie. Um, I think it might be a little too... Like, a little too dark if you kill Han Solo and Force Awakens. Then you kill Luke and The Last Jedi. Like... I feel like and, I, I don't want it to be that we're just and then via off real life you don't characters. have Leia Princess Leia available for the third one so right uh, so like I'm not but at some point you're going to have to move completely into the new I agree but I I feel like it while I fully expect Luke Skywalker to die in this movie I think it would almost be too cliche to kill him after killing Han. In the Force Awakens, I don't think Luke is going to bite it in this movie because of the way that they killed off Han in the first one. I I think that would just be too heavy, honestly. Like it would, it yeah, would, yeah, it would be too much. I agree. Now, uh, Luke, oh, go. Oh, ahead. I'm sorry. I I did find the uh, the opening crawl to the Force Awakens very quickly. Luke Skywalker has vanished. In his absence, the Sinister First Order has risen from the ashes of the Empire and will not rest until Skywalker, the last Jedi, has Ooh. been destroyed. There we go. There so. it is. That's the first time I think we've ever had the title of the the next coming movie in the actual crawl. The only time, well, the original trilogy, there was no there was no debate over titles because that's just what they were. Right? Like the original trilogy, it wasn't Star Wars episode 6 or Return of the Jedi. It was just Return of the Jedi. It was just Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you know there was no there was nothing before it. There was no episode number. Um, I feel like the only consternation I ever had over a title was Attack of the Clones, because it just sounded silly. And I I understand where George Lucas was going with the title, going back yeah. to you know the old the old serials and all that. Um, like this title, I feel harkens back to an older time. It, it's very 80s title but I, I i like it yeah it it also feels like uh you know it, it we can we can see the last jedi all by himself 
you know, with with you know little help going out and trying to you know fix the galaxy. All yeah. you know, a, a, like a very like an unforgiven sort of like kind a of thing. old man Jedi. Yes, yes, something like that. Now we didn't talk about the. The, the, there's a change to the coloring of the Star Wars logo in the preview image that we got. It's red. Does do we think that that play? I mean, that's a choice, right? That's a choice. Like if you're going to date one comic shop or another, or, or as many as you could possibly. It's fill. a it's a lifestyle it, choice. It is. So red is clearly a choice. Are we? Are we maybe even though we read in the crawl that Luke is the last Jedi, but maybe. Another but another the, last Jedi the could be Kylo Ren. At the time of the crawl, Luke is the last Jedi, right? But at this point, maybe he's not anymore. So I don't think it's a matter of Kylo Ren's the last Jedi. Don't forget, Kylo Ren killed Han Solo. I remember after that movie, I was like, "That motherfucker! Don't even try to turn him good. He needs to die. Luke needs to cut him in half." It's a, yeah, I mean, it's a big step to take. I feel like it's a, it's a, a Negan step if you've been following the Walking Dead comic book. Okay. And, uh, I'm going to get spoilery for all you Walking Dead TV show listeners that don't know what happens in the comic book. I'm, I'm not up to date on the comic book. Do you not want me to say, Matt? I would prefer if you didn't. Okay. Sorry, listeners. I uh, well in in that case you know I will stay away from the Walking Dead analogy, and um, I will. But it's it's a it's a long road to come back from killing Han Solo to redemption. Uh, we get Darth Vader's redemption in the original trilogy, but through the original trilogy, he doesn't do anything so personal that we cannot find the good in him in the end even through the even through the prequels well i guess killing all the the children jedi but it's it that it's so displaced from how we know darth vader as darth vader like to me like that's still anakin skywalker that did that but like the darth vader we know from the originals he doesn't do anything like kill a character that a lot of us grew up with. So right. there's, but the Kylo Ren, it's a it's a much longer road to redemption than than three movies, I think. I, I'm not sure if he could ever get there, but um, but that is an interesting. Um, but but what if but what if what if the like some the rumors are true and like Han Han went to Kylo Ren saying like this is the path you need to go down and I am here to help you so. Kill me and it's okay. What rumors are these? That Han sacrificed himself on purpose. Who has to these Kylo rumors? Ren's blade? Who said this? I don't the know. Internet? Someone brought this up to me. Really? Wasn't yeah? In order because here. because like Han understood like the path that Kylo Ren's gonna have to go down to get back to where he needs to go. That's a stupid rumor. Well, I don't yeah, like I don't, I don't agree with it. Yeah. But I mean, because who fucking kills their dad in order to get back to the good side? Right. So it's a dumb rumor. Let's, right. Let's just put it to bed now. 
it's almost as dumb as a Santa Cly kind of like explanation. <laughs> Santa Cly has legs. There's Cly Nation out there. Hashtag Cly. There is no Hashtag Cly. There is no Cly Nation. You know. So uh, Cly Nation party of one. But I do think party it's of moron. Ian, I do think it's interesting. You can get me at Santa Cly on Twitter. But Ian, I do think it's interesting that uh, that the logo's red, and who knows? Maybe there is some kind of like connection to Kylo Ren, or they just went with red. I mean, the first one was yellow, right? What did yellow have to do with? Well, because yellow's the yellow's, yellow's the traditional the Star Wars color. Yeah, well, so I mean, like, well, Clone Wars has why done not be blue. Clone Wars has done different treatments depending on some of the storylines. But we're not talking about offshoot stuff. We're talking about like the main ah, stuff. that's canon, Sonny Jim. We're talking about the like the main. Do you do you think that they'll come in with the Star Wars in red in this this time out? You know what I mean? Before the crawl? Obviously not. Well, I don't know how obvious it is, but... It, it's I, I don't know how obvious it is either. I thought it was still obvious that the opening of Rogue One would have some semblance of a Star Wars movie, and it didn't. Some semblance of a Star Wars movie? Right, but it, it didn't. No, none whatsoever. of the characters or the, the spaceships had anything, any semblance? I, I, I meant the intro. Like, oh. there, was no, there was no fanfare, you know, the... There was no scroll. There was no logo. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away was there. Was it? Yeah. It was. The font was... The Rogue One font is similar. It's not exact, but it's similar. The Rogue One font was garbage. But it's in the Star Wars. Like, you could recognize it as a Star Warsian font. But there were no... Like, aside from a long time ago, there were no traditional aspects of how... Did you th- How the movie started. Was it surprising that they subverted that expectation in a film that was kind of built as a non-saga? Yeah, I was. I was surprised film? that there wasn't there. Like I expected, I expected the big Star Wars fade out, and then maybe you don't go to the crawl; you just jump into the movie. But I expected at least, you know, big Star Wars, Rogue One, and then into the movie. Yeah. Like it was, it was pretty different. So you know I think we're at a point it was pretty where dip- different if, on purpose. If I, right, but I don't. I think Episode Eight can make a tweak like that, and it's not super nuts, man. Anymore, would, I would feel like they'd be going like, say, say they come in with the red. Um, you get red crawl. That this whole movie has to be really dark at that point. Are they yeah, going to go I don't, full Empire I don't and go think, like the second chapter is going to be all? Doom and gloom. I don't think they're going to do it. I think it's going to look just like every other Star Wars movie. Gold logo, gold text, and this is just promotional treatment. Just like, you know, the crooked Empire Strikes Back logo, you know, the red Revenge of the or Return of the Jedi logo. We never saw that any of that in the movie. Could be. But, you know, that was all the promotional material. And I think now, like everything's a little, you know, everything's critiqued a little more. Everything's looked at under a microscope. So it's not crazy for the promotion to make the logo red Mm -hmm. and have it mean something. I also think it could be a red herring. I get it. Uh, So here's the thing, Paul. It will not be any color out other than yellow in the movie. Uh, I will guarantee. I will personally guarantee that. 
it's just the way that the promotional materials are going to be. They wanted it to be different and stand apart from what we were used to seeing with The Force Awakens, but they maintained the, the split of Star and Wars and put the title in between, which I fucking hate. I've hated it ever since I saw it for The Force Awakens. It feels like they weren't... They hadn't figured out what the logo's going to look like yet, so hurry up and throw it together because we need to reveal the title. And that's what it was. And then it stuck. And it's like, wow, that sucks. It does. I I didn't really pick on it up on it last time, but this time it really like maybe my joy last time was just yeah just blinded me. But this time I'm like, ah, oh, that seems kind of kind of unfinished, kind of yeah. lazy. So Ian, Paul likes the the new title, The Last Jedi. Do you like the new title? It's it's okay. It's fine. Neither, I I don't dislike neither it. Neither here nor the, there. The the first as I mentioned before, the first thing that I thought of was oh, The Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like that movie, so I'm like, eh, I don't know. I have a feeling this will be nothing like The Last Star. I have a feeling as well. I'm just telling you initial impressions. So Matt, You don't like this title? Uh, I, I do. I think it's a cool title. I think, um, I, I think it's a cool title. I thought it looked cool in the crawl of The Force Awakens, and I think it sounds like a cool title. It's... It... It to me when I the very first reaction I had was wow they're talking that's Luke Skywalker, and this is solidifying his prominence in this movie. Which I'm not going to say we were cheated in the first movie in Episode Seven by not getting Luke Skywalker in any kind of prominent role, but I almost feel like we had to. Episode Seven had to be the way that it was for us to get the Luke that we're going to get in this one, and it's going to be really good and it's going to be a lot of him and he's probably going to do shit cooler in this than we've ever seen him do before and i can't wait i think it's no half my childhood's built on cool shit that luke skywalker did so that's a very high bar that is true i okay you got me but i i bet you you i'm sure he's gonna do cool shit i I agree with you on that so uh so yeah i like it now very quickly before we sign off for the night um why don't we why don't we um, kind of rank what our favorite and least favorite Star Wars title is? Oh. Um, I really don't like Attack of the Clones. I feel like that, you know, it was strange, even though the explanation for serials and that's where they're, we're pulling all that from. Um, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. Because, as you just mentioned, like, the, you know, The Last Jedi really centers on probably we're expecting it to be Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Turn of the Jedi, there's no question. It was Luke Skywalker. Or is it? Or are we talking about whenever Darth Vader flips to the good side? Right. Is that what Return of the Jedi has been about this whole time? Or, or are we talking about when someone recovers Luke's missing hand from Bespin and it becomes Luke with two Luke? Skywalkers, and then the real Luke defeats him and is still the Jedi. That's a stretch. Paul, what's your favorite? No, what's your least favorite? My least favorite is Attack of the Clones. Um, Phantom Menace was weird, but it was just like goofy and mysterious enough. I still like Phantom Menace as a title. Like, I think that's a cool title. Yeah, it was. It was. It was mysterious enough to be interesting. Um, Revenge of the Sith was expected after, you know, Revenge of the Jedi got, got turned down. Um, but yeah, Attack of the Clones just sound, it's just sounded corny. I don't know if it was because I was way past 
the age of uh, Aquarius, uh, the age of Aquarius, and like really respecting like those old school serials that George Lucas, you know, grew up on. Um, but yeah, Attack of the Clones never liked it. I think in A New Hope's kind of dumb too. I just think it's too, it's just too fucking boring. So wait, what's your favorite? My favorite is Return of the Jedi. It carries all the hope, all the promise, uh, the you know classic wrap up of what is a three part story. That's one, two, three, done. That storybook never needs to be opened again. Return of the Jedi is just it's a, a shame great, we're having all these new movies. No, no, it's a great I fucking know, I hate it. End. what a fucking bummer. It's a great fucking end to what that story is. Matt, well. Return of the Jedi for the clean sweep. Um, I think it's the best title out of all eight movies, including Rogue One. For Everybody, that throw your green lightsabers on the ice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, come on, it, Paul. You pretty much summed it up perfectly, almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. What was your least favorite? My least favorite is the Phantom Menace. Really? In terms of titles, yeah. I, I get, I totally get the Attack of the Clones criticism, but when you look at the the body of like all of the Star Wars titles together, to me, the Phantom Menace is the one that kind of doesn't fit. It's the one that feels awkwardly out of place. While Attack of the yeah, Clones it's is kind of goofy, dumb, right? And and it it is the most mysterious. It it makes the least amount of sense out of all the other titles. The other ones are much more forward. Although The Force Awakens is a little bit kind of leaning toward that uh, Phantom Menace kind of territory where it's a little bit like... A little soft. It's a little soft. Well, a little bit. Like, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, what? wait, what do you mean it's a, The Force Awakens? Like, after you see the movie, you don't really understand really what the title means. The Phantom Menace, kind of the same way. Um, But with all the other ones, you the title makes sense and it fits. Um, and you know, the last Jedi is probably a little too early to, to rate, but return of the Jedi is just so good. And then, yeah. So the Phantom Menace gets my, my thumbs down. The force awakens may actually be my second least favorite out of all the titles, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how, the last Jedi plays after we see the movie. Yeah. But on the surface, I think it's a good title. I love it. Right. It's straightforward 80s-ness. On the surface, I like it better than The Force Awakens as a title. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do too. Uh, no matter what it means, whether Luke's the last Jedi, Rey's the last Jedi, um, I really I really wish Luke didn't look like a fucking hobo that just crawled out under the fucking... Uh, under some bridge somewhere, I wish maybe he we'll was, get some sweet training montage. We'll get where a shave, he also, a yeah, where where the training montage isn't Ray learning the Force. It's Luke cleaning himself the fuck up, <laughs> eating some fucking taking a bath. plain chicken breast and salad, trimming that beard, getting a haircut, taking a bath, hitting some fucking protein shakes, grooming awakens. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I expect. I want I want the Jedi that I fucking expected to get, not the fucking homeless bum that we got at the end of The Force Awakens. Well, he can clean it up. I mean, all we know is that he looks like the same bum in the very beginning of this movie because we've seen that little teaser thing. 
But uh, who knows? Maybe he cleans himself up now that he's got, you know, company. Grooming montage. Let's let's do it. Grooming montage. You're the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep that beard down. Let's do it. Like some futuristic dollar shave club. <laughs> little teeny tiny light, lightsabers to trim it up. Keep it tight. That's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Oh, okay. No, Matt, tell us. Well, I, the montage that I picture, I can't help it. Is I think I showed it to you guys the montage from No Retreat No Surrender, the super gay montage. Yeah, you remember that? It was the one where um, this kid wants to learn karate because he's like what not does that he good. Want to learn? I'm sorry, he wants to learn karate, and he and to learn karate, he needs to fuck some other guy. <laughs> Pretty much, he no. You know what Isn't he has? Isn't that how you do not, it? His dad is his teacher. I guess he's not learning at the pace he, he wants to. Dad. So he learns how to be a karate master from the master, uh, Bruce Lee. I almost said Bruce Willis, <laughs> <laughs> the master of karate. <laughs> In your Yippee I thought you were going to say Bruce Lee and get super, <laughs> super racist. <laughs> Bruce Willis just wanted to Bruce come out. I Rivers. <laughs> so, uh, so he um he he calls upon the the deceased Bruce Lee. To come back from the dead and train him how to fight. So, um, you know, he comes and he trains him. And then this kid kind of has the foundation. He goes off to have his training montage. Well, while he's having his training montage, Paul, his friend who is like training with him, he's like riding a bike and stuff like ahead of him as he jogs. Um, at one point, this kid is he's laying across like a park bench where his neck is resting. And then his feet are up on like a railing or something. And he's like doing these like kind of like like thrust ups where he's like working his abs or his <laughs> crotch or something. <laughs> working his so as, as a form. <laughs> you guys remember this? As I a, don't remember. I don't. Seen, I've never I've seen, seen it. As, as a, I have never seen this. So and you're gonna it love sounds it. We're gonna hot. put we're gonna put this on our Facebook page and it will be there. I promise because we're gonna do it right now. Yeah, but I'm excited. What, for it. what happens is. Um, Actually, folks, go look at the Facebook page right now and then come back because I don't want to spoil it. Okay, are you back? So he has his 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 little black friend who's got these tight little jerry curls and real nice skin sitting on his crotch as this kid's doing these thrust ups. And he's sitting on his crotch with his Walkman on eating a fucking fudgesicle and just like licking it and enjoying himself as he's like being thrust up upon. It is insane. That is what a training montage is all about. Paul, take it out. That's going to do it for us tonight, folks. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time. <laughs>